Hey guys, this is the 15th episode of the Titan's Curse. Okay, let's see. Okay, so this is... The name of the chapter is RSL Santa's Even Twin. Okay. Tell me when it's over, Talia said. Her eyes were shut tight. The statue was holding on to us so we couldn't fall. But still, Talia clutched his arm like it was the most important thing in the world. Everything's fine, I promised. Are we very high? I looked down. Below us, a range of snowy mountains zipped by. I stretched out my foot and kicked snow at one of the peaks. Eh, not that high. We are in the Sierra, Zoe yelled. She and Grover were hanging from the arms of another statue. I've hunted here before. As this speed, we wish we should be in San Francisco in a few hours. Hey, hey, Frisco, our angel said. Yo, Chuck, we could visit those guys at the Mechanics Museum monument again. Didn't know how to party. Oh, man, I'm so there. You guys have visited San Francisco? The Ottomans gotta have some fun once in a while, right? Those mechanics took us over to the, the Young Museum and, uh, and introduced us to these marble lady statues. And Hank, the other statue, Chuck cut and they're kids, man. Oh, right. If bronze statues could blush, I swear Hank did. Back to flying. We sped up so we could tell the angels were excited. The mountains fell away into hills and we were zipping along the farmland and towns and highways. Grover played his pipes to pass the time. Zoe got bored and started shooting arrows at random billboards as we flew by. Thalia kept her eyes closed the whole way. She muttered to herself a lot like she was praying. You did good back there, I told her. Zeus, listen. It's hard to tell what she was thinking with her eyes closed. Maybe. How did you get away from the skeletons in the generator room anyway? You said they cornered you. I told her about the weird model girl, Rachel Elizabeth Dare, who seemed to be able to see right through the mist. I thought Talia was going to call me crazy, but she just nodded. Some models are like that, she said. Nobody knows why. Suddenly, I flashed on something I'd never considered. My mom was like that. She'd seen the mantra on Half Blood Hill and known exactly what it was. She hadn't been surprised at all last year when I told her my friend Tyson was a cyclops. Maybe she'd known all along. No wonder she'd been so scared for me as I was growing up. Well, the girl was annoying, I said, but I'm glad I didn't vaporize her. That would have been bad. Talia nodded. Must be nice to be a regular model. She said that as if she'd given it some serious thought. Where you guys want to land? Hank asked me, waiting to, uh, waking me from a night of fitful sleep. I looked down and said, whoa, I'd seen San Francisco in pictures before, but never in my real life. It was probably the most beautiful city I'd ever seen. Kind of like a smaller, cleaner Manhattan. If Manhattan had been surrounded by green hills and fog, there was a huge bay and ships and islands and sailboats and the Golden Gate Bridge sticking up out of the fog. I felt like I should take a picture or something. Greetings from Frisco. Haven't died yet. But she would be. Hey, Zoe suggested, by the embarrassment of the building. Good thinking, Chuck said. Me and Hank can blend in with the pigeons. We all looked at him. Kidding? Sheesh, can statues have a sense of humor? As it turned out, there wasn't much need to blend in. It was early morning and not many people were around. We freaked out a homeless guy at the ferry dock when we landed. He screamed when he saw Hank and Chuck and ran off yelling something about metal angels from Mars. We said a goodbye to the angel who flew off to the party with Party with the statue friends. Then I realized I had no idea what we were going to do next. We made it to the West Coast. Artemis was got to be here somewhere. Annabeth too, I hope. But I had no idea how to find them. And tomorrow was the winter solstice. Not that I have any clue what monster Artemis had been hunting. It was supposed to find us on the quest. It was supposed to show the trail, but it never did. Oh, God. 
Now we were stuck on the ferry dock with not much money, no friends, and no luck. After a brief discussion, we all agreed we needed to figure out which is what this mystery monster was. But how? Nereus. Isn't that the Apollo what told you to do find Nereus? Grover said. I nodded and completely forgotten about my last conversation with the sun god. The old man of the sea, I remembered. I'm supposed to find him and force him to tell him what he knows. But how do I find him? Zoe made a face. Old Nereus, huh? You know him? My mother was a sea goddess. Yes, I know him. Unfortunately, he's never very hard to find. Just follow the smell. What do you mean? Come, she said without enthusiasm. I will show thee. I knew I was in trouble when we stopped at the Goodwill drop box. Five minutes later, Zoe had me outfitted in a ragged flannel shirt and jeans, and jeans three sizes too big, bright red trainers, and a floppy rainbow hat. Oh, yeah. You look completely inconspicuous now, Grover said. Zoe nodded with satisfaction, a typical male vagrant. Thanks a lot. I grumbled. Why am I doing this again? I told thee to blend in. She led the way back to the waterfront. After a long time spent in searching the dog, Zoe finally stopped in her tracks. She pointed down the pier with a bunch of homeless guys huddled together in blankets waiting for the soup kitchen to open for lunch. He will be down there somewhere, Zoe said. He never travels very far from the water. He likes sun himself during the day. How do you know which one is him? Sneak up, act homeless, you will know him. He will smell different. Great. And once I find him... Grab him and hold on. He will try anything to get rid of thee. Whatever he does, do not let go. Force him to tell thee about the monster. We've got your back, Talia said. Then she picked something off the back of my shirt. A big clump of fuzz that came from God knows where. Ew, uncertain I'm on your back. But we'll be rooting for you. Grover gave me a big thumbs up. I grumbled how nice it was to have super powerful friends. Then I headed towards the dog. I pulled my cap down and stumbled like I was to pass out, which wasn't hard since just how tired I was. I passed her homeless friend from the Embarrassedo, who was still trying to warn the other guys about metal angels from Mars. He didn't smell good, but he didn't smell different. I kept walking. A couple of grimy dudes with plastic grocery bags checked me out as I came close. Beat it, kid, one of them muttered. I moved away. This smelled pretty bad, just regular old bad, nothing unusual. There was a lady with a bunch of plastic flamingos sticking out of a shopping cart. She glared at me like I was about to steal her birds. At the end of the pier, a guy who looked about a million years old was passed out in a patch of sunlight. He wore pajamas and a fuzzy bathrobe that probably used to be white. He was fat like a, with a white beard that had turned yellow, kind of like Santa Claus. If Santa had been rolled out of bed and dragged through a landfill. And a smell? As I got closer, I froze. He smelled bad all right, but... Ocean bad, like hot seabird and dead fish and brine. If ocean had an ugly side, this guy wasn't. I tried not to gag as I sat down near him like I was tired. Santa opened one eye suspiciously. I could feel him staring at me, but I didn't look. I muttered something about stupid school and stupid parents, figuring that might sound reasonable. Santa Claus went back to sleep. I tensed. I knew this was going to sound strange. I didn't know how the other homeless people would react, but I jumped Santa Claus. He screamed. I meant to grab him, but he seemed to grab me instead, as if he'd never been asleep at all. He certainly didn't act like a weak old man. He had a grip like steel. Help me! He screamed as he squeezed me to death. That's a crime, one of the other homeless guys yelled, kids rolling an old man like that. I rolled all right, straight down the pier, until my head slammed into a post. I was dazed for a second and Nereus's grip slackened. He was making a break for it before he could regain my senses and tackled him from behind. I don't have any money! 
I don't want your money, I said as he fought. I'm a half-blood. I want information. That just made him struggle harder. Heroes, why do you always pick on me? Because you know everything. He growled and tried to shake me off his back. It was like holding on to a roller coaster. He thrashed around, making it impossible for me to keep on my feet. But I gritted my teeth and squeezed harder. I staggered towards the edge of the pier and I got an idea. Oh no, not the water. The plan worked. Immediately, Nereus yelled in triumph and jumped on the edge. Together, we plunged into San Francisco Bay. He must have been surprised when I tightened my grip, the ocean filling me with extra strength. But Nereus had a few tricks left and he changed shape until I was holding a sleek black seal. Nereus plunged straight down, wriggling and thrashing and spiraling through the dark water. If I hadn't been Poseidon's son, there was no way I could have stayed with him. He spun and expanded, turning into a killer whale, but I grabbed his dorsal fin as he burst out of the water. A whole bunch of tourists went, whoa! I managed to wave at the crowd. Yeah, we do this every day here in San Francisco! Nereus plunged in the water and turned into a slimy eel. I started to tie him into a knot until he realized what was going on and changed back into human form. Why won't you drown? He wailed. I'm Poseidon's son. Curse that upstart. I was here first. Finally, he collapsed on the edge of the boat dock. Above us was one of those tourist piers lined with shops, like a mall on the water. Nereus was heaving and gasping. I was feeling great. I could have gone on all day, but I didn't tell him that. I wanted to make him feel like he'd put on a good fight. My friends ran down the steps from the pier. You got him, Zoe said. You don't have to sound so amazed, I said. Nereus moaned. Oh, wonderful. An audience for my humiliation? The normal day, I suppose you'll let me go if I answer your question? I've got more than just one question. Only one question per capture. That's the rule. I look at my friends. That wasn't good. I needed to find Artemis and I needed to figure out what the doomsday creature was. I also needed to know if Annabeth was still alive and how to rescue her. And how could I ask all those other questions? A voice inside me was screaming, Ask about Annabeth! That's what I cared about. But then I imagined what Annabeth would say. She would never forgive me if I saved her and didn't save Olympus. Zoe would want me to ask about Artemis, which Chiron had told me the monster was more important. But then I imagined what Annabeth might say. Oh my god, uh, sorry, I just did it. I just read it over again. Okay. I said, all right, Nereus, tell me where to find this terrible monster that could bring an end to the gods. And one Artemis was hunting. Oh, that's too easy, he smelled evilly. He's right there. He pointed to the water at my feet. There. The deal is complete, Nereus gloated. With a pop, he turned into a goldfish and it a backflip into the water. You tricked me! Wait, Thalia's eyes widened. What is that? Moon! I looked down and there was my friend. His cows open, swimming next to the dock. She nudged my shoe and gave me his big, sad brown eyes. Ah, oh, Bessie, not now. Moon! Robert gasped. He says his name is in Bessie. You can understand her and him. Rover nodded. That's a very old form of animal speech. But he says his name is the Ophiotaurus. The Ophi what? It means serpent bull in Greek, Thalia said. What's it doing here? Moo! He said Percy is his protector. He's running from dead pe- bad people and he says they're close. I was wondering how God, how you got all that from a single moo. Wait, so he said, looking at me. You know this cow? I was feeling impatient. I told him the story. Thalia shook her head in disbelief. And you just forgot to mention this before? Well, yeah. I mean, it seems silly, but now she said it. But things had been happening so far. Basically, of your seemed like a minor detail. I'm a fool, so I said. I know the story. What story? 
from the War of the Titans. My father told me this tale thousands of years ago. This is the beast we're looking for. Bessie? But he's too cute. He couldn't destroy the world. That is how we were wrong. We've been anticipating a huge dangerous monster, but the Ophiotaurus isn't bending on the gods that way. He must be sacrificed. Hmm. Bessie Lord, I don't think he likes the S-word, Professor. I patted Bessie on the head trying to calm him down. How could anyone hurt him? He's harmless. Zoe nodded. But there is power in killing innocents, terrible power. The fates ordained a prophecy eons ago when this creature was born. They said that whoever killed the Ophiotaurus and sacrificed its entrails to fire would have the power to destroy the gods. Hmm. Um, maybe we should t- stop talking about entrails, too. Talia stared at the cow open with wonder. The power to destroy gods? How? I mean, what would happen? No one knows. The first time during the Titan War, the Ophiotaurus was in fact slain by a giant ally of the Titans. But thy father Zeus sent an eagle to snatch the entrails away before he could be, they could be tossed into the fire. It was a close call. Now, after 3,000 years, the Ophiotaurus is reborn. Thalia sat on the dock. She stretched out her hand. Bessie went right to her. Thalia placed her hand on his head. Bessie shivered. Thalia's expression bothered me. She looked almost hungry. We have to protect him. If Luke gets hold of him... Luke won't hesitate, Thalia muttered. The power to overthrow Olympus, that's, that's huge. Yes, it is, my dear, said a man's voice in a heavy French accent. And it is power you shall unleash. The Ophiotaurus made a whimpering sound and submerged. I looked up. We'd been so busy talking, we'd allowed ourselves to be surrendered. Standing behind us, his two colored eyes gleaming wickedly, was Dr. Thorne, the Manticore himself. That's it. This chapter is entirely big, so we'll just do a part one for now. Next Sunday, only on the Percy Jackson Podcast.